We still find ourselves in the topic of Schach. However, the Gemara also gives us a gift of an incredible Agadah, unbelievable piece of Gemara we're going to learn today here on Amadalaf just before the Gemara concludes leading into the new Mishnah. The Gemara is winding down a complex discussion about a principle of the laws of Tumah and Tahar and the laws of purity and impurity known as Yadot, Yados. And the idea is that yados or handles as they're as they're translated are non-essential in the in the parsha in the discussion of the laws of ritual impurity the example we had yesterday was the stems stems that are connected to a grape cluster these is the gemara not required for making wine as we know they don't become tame nor do they transmit tuma so the idea here is is the usability of the item and if it's usable, if it's suitable for use, then it becomes attached to the to whatever the item is. And if that item can become tame, then the handle itself can become tame. So he says that that's not always the case, that it's not a suitable, it's going to depend on the context in the case. We saw Rabiosi's opinion, Argamar brings, based on earlier, that handles can remain susceptible to becoming ritually impure, to becoming tame, while they remain usable. Now this lines up with Reish Lakesh, says the Gemara, who said that even after grain is trampled, the straw is useful since it facilitates turning over grain with an eter, an eter being a pitchfork, as it blocks the grain from falling through the cracks. So the Gemara launches into an Agadah, an amazing piece of Gemara, from this reference to a pitchfork. So Gemara says, Why is the why are the prayers of the tzaddikim of the righteous compared to a pitchfork? Just as the pitchfork flips the grain inside of the threshing floor from place to place, it brings it from place to place and tosses it around. So too, the prayers and the tefillot of the righteous are able to overturn the mind, the the intention, the mindset uh, on a certain level of a kodesh baruch Hu from a from a mida, from a desire, from a mida, from a, a action that may be negative, that may be not in a person's favor, to one of mercy. Unbelievable, the power of tefillah. So what's the source for this idea? So when Yitzchak Avinu prayed for a child for Rivka, the words of the Pasuk in Bereshis, Perach Avhei, Pasuk Chaf Aleph Arva, Ye'etar Yitzchak Lenochach Ishto, Yitzchak prayed for his wife Rivka, Ki Akarahi, she was barren, Ve'yeater Lo Hashem Atar Rivka Ishto, and Hashem heard the tefillah, and Rivka became pregnant. I was trying to figure out why the Gemara felt compelled to bring this Agadah beyond, of course, the word association with the pitchfork. It happens to be that this interpretation that the Gemara is bringing is the interpretation of Reish Lakesh. There's another way to learn the uh, translation of the word Vayetar, but we'll leave that for now. You can go look it up. It's Medrash Rabbah, Bereshi's Rabbah, the Midrash Rabbah, Perek Samach Gimel, Piskah Hey. It says over there that Yitzchak overturned the decree through his tefillah, 
expressed with the word vayeater, like a pitchfork. Incredible on so many levels. The Torah rarely describes people in the act of tefillah and have a certain kind, and here a certain kind of tefillah to literally overturn physiological reality of barrenness, as we know also from Sarah. It's not just about getting something that we don't have, the message here. What's amazing is it says, Vayetar by Yitzchak's prayer, and Hashem's response, Vayetar, and, by, and Hashem's response is, Vayetar. So Yitzchak was trying to overturn, and what came as a result? Hashem, Kivyachol, was overturned. So this is a beautiful lesson here. Tefillah is not magic. Sometimes Hashem's answer is no, or not yet. Hashem knows what's best for us. But Chazal are telling us something amazing. That something real changes when we are meet palel. Maybe it's us. Maybe it's Hashem. It's never too late to put in a good word.